running live on Facebook, running our audio here for podcast here with another episode of The Pastor in Your Pocket. Got my lovely daughter, Sophia. Say hello. This is your first time on kind of this venue. We did a a live earlier today for our Coffee with Brad and Selena stuff, but this is your first time on. Welcome. Hey, you're actually the first guest on The Pastor in Your Pocket. I feel special. Yes, you feel special. So... So this is your uh, your first time there. So we're gonna kind of get the microphone. First time us doing a twofer. Yeah. So we'll pardon Powell. us, uh, pardon Powell. us if we're uh, jerky or worky or anything. <laughs> but anyway, so the pastor in your pocket, Soph, mm-hmm. is me as pastor here at our North Campus and a pastor uh, in the modern church, I guess, if you will. Uh, my attempt to answer questions, especially from our church family, but also yeah. for those who may be joining us either via social media or on an audio podcast. And so, as always, we invite people to write in their questions and ask. You can ask me anything, right? So you can write me in either here on Facebook. You can find me as Brad Holloman. Um, You can email me at brad at lifeoffaithchurch.org. Um, you can just, I mean, I'm pretty, I'm not hard to find. And so just find me, ask away. Uh, I know a lot of our church family ask questions and that's where this episode's question comes from. It comes from one of our church family. Um, and they were asking about, and that's why you're here, uh, asking about how do you talk to your kids about gender identity issues? And here's kind of the background. Mm -hmm. So this family was watching, I guess it was. The Voice or American Idol yeah. or some one of the modern, you know, I'm so old, I don't know <laughs> any of these things, but some singing talent show type program. Mm-hmm. And I guess one of the contestants was, um, I don't know if it was a boy who was identifying as a girl or a girl who was identifying so, as a like boy. Kind of like transgendery. Uh, okay. I'm not, I don't remember which one it was. Uh, mm-hmm. But one of those, it was like yeah. a transgender, there was some gender identity stuff going on. And yeah. it, this person was biologically one gender, but mm-hmm. claiming a opposite or yeah. different gender. And so this mom and dad was saying, man, it's now showing up on mainstream TV. Yeah. And everybody was applauding this person for the courage to, you know, step out and to yeah. express themselves and to do this and to do that. And and the question was, how do we answer, how do we talk to our children yeah. about this when it yeah. comes up? So as a caveat, because I'm not sure where you are, uh, again, I'm going to come from a very much a biblical basis and background. Mm-hmm. So all of my conversation is going to come from that uh, perspective, which I say and believe is to be truth. Now, I know we have to start the conversation with this concept of, and that's where this to me, that's where this conversation starts. And so we talked a little bit before we hit record. You just jump in whenever you want okay. to. This okay. is a conversation we're going to shoot. We try to shoot for, you know, 20-ish, 30-ish minutes. And if we have to do another one another time, yeah. we will. Yeah, this is a big subject. It's a big it, it subject. It might be so, hard to fit in 20 minutes. Yeah, we're not going to answer <laughs> everything. So we may yeah. have to come back next week and do another one. Yeah. But we have to start with even the talk of truth. And absolute truth, because that's, to me, the real issue. It's always, you hear me say all the time, it's the question behind the question. So we first have to establish the understanding that there is absolute truth. 
-hmm. right? That there are things that are just true because they're true. And in our modern culture, and you've heard me joking as one of your teachers, you heard me joking that I actually heard the other day, it's now racist, for example, Mm -hmm. to say that two plus two is four. How the heck is that racist? I'm sorry. Like that. Oh, wait, you what? Yes, I was reading an article, watching a thing, and actually one of the voices of racism today says, well, that's very exclusionary. That's very narrow-minded. You know, this whole two plus two could be something else. Why couldn't it be? It's to, to say that it's exactly one thing consistently all the time is exclusionary and leaves yeah. stuff out and therefore is like hyper-racism or extreme racism. Uh, and again, I'm sitting there like you going, what? Yeah, okay. That's- I This is where, especially as a kid being in like the quote-unquote Gen Z generation, is that it's extremely hard for us as teens, especially if we don't have guidance, um, to wade through all of this. Mm. And so there's sometimes there's kids that are like, yeah, everything's racist, everything's so this, and we've become like super sensitive. So if somebody sneezes, oh my gosh, you sneezed in a white person way, that's racist. And you're like, oh my gosh, just like chill. Okay, <laughs> like you don't know what's going to make yeah. something that way. Um, yes. I feel like there should be respect. You know, like there should always be respect for people's positions and where they're at. Like, I feel like so many times, like even my reaction, what the heck? Sometimes that would be, I guess, quote unquote, disrespectful. It was my knee jerk reaction. (laughs) But at the same time, I have to think of, oh, um, like, how is this person going to take it? But you also have to identify you can't constantly well if i do this maybe somebody you can't constantly be so conscious like be respectful and keep people's feelings in mind but at the same time don't like go to the point where now i'm just not gonna say anything because i don't know what's gonna be considered what um and there is like dad said there is right and wrong because if if we keep if we keep going down this road you can one thing that i loved about learning in uh, school was logic and logical syllogisms are really just um, a format of either a right syllogism or a wrong syllogism. And you can put any term or word in the format of the logical syllogism. So if you said A plus whatever equals this, then that is a logical syllogism. Or it's an invalid syllogism. And so you can say a dog can be a cat. That's, you can't. It's you not, you can't say that, you know, and that's logical and it's science and it's like, it is what it is, what it is, what it is, what it is. And we're not trying to hurt anybody's feelings. It's just right. And I think so many times people try and like not hurt people's feelings and then it just gets all muddled. And so have respect on one hand, like meet people at where they are and don't just totally like, well, you're wrong and that's dumb, you know, yeah. <laughs> but at the same time, just be like, okay. And maybe have them like try and explain it to you. And then sometimes they actually hear how silly it is sometimes. And then, you know, it just opened the conversation. Don't be close-minded towards it, but also know where you stand and know that there is truth. There is right and wrong, you know. Well, and as we talk about this, you know, it's, and that's going to be in, to be honest, that's going to be the sticky point for us that follow Jesus is where we are by what we know and believe are going to approach life from an aspect of truth. 
and, and we are in the pursuit of truth because, again, the scripture says we will know. Now, I know he's talking about Jesus himself. We will know the truth and the truth will set us free. Mm -hmm. But there's also a secondary application to that is, is that once we know the truth about something, once we know what is true about two plus two being four, mm -hmm. then now we are free because we now know how to operate in life with that truth. Yeah. And even though people may run around and say, no, it can now be five or it can be six if you need it to be or three or whatever you need it to be, it mm -hmm. can be that. We go, well, that binds me. Mm -hmm. It actually enslaves me to something mm -hmm. because it's not true. Mm -hmm. you know. And, and so with that on the gender issues, the scripture teaches us that in the beginning when God made mankind, mm -hmm. it says he made them male and female yeah he said that there they are when he created the rest of creation he created all creatures male and female even when we talk about uh what they call that in science when something is asexual mm -hmm. that one creature can reproduce itself it still has in that one creature male parts and mm -hmm. female parts that let it be asexual and yeah. even when we talk about in biology, when, uh, like they talk about frogs, there are certain frogs that if there are too many of one gender of this frog, mm -hmm. like if there's too many boy frogs, the boy frogs will change and become girl frogs, but it's a complete and utter reproductive biological change. It's not a, there's not little frog operating rooms where they're, making changes that yeah. kind of change it. It's an actual total change mm -hmm. that produces something, mm -hmm. but it's still only male and female. So when you look throughout creation, again, scripture says, when you see the creation, this, the creation will tell you the characteristics and attributes of God. Mm -hmm. So in creation, we only see male and female stuff. Yeah. Even in the weird stuff that's out there that people try to say, well, no, see, there is transgender because look at these frogs. Yeah. Well, no, when they change to another sex, they are it's a complete change that actually produces something. Our change, so far as we see, cannot produce anything other than we've kind of rearranged some plumbing, but that's about it. Yeah. Does that make sense? And so, so with that, I want to talk about this because, you know, we've used this analogy with you guys a lot growing mm -hmm. up, you know, you know, one day I'm going to die, right? That's going to happen to your daddy. One day I'm going to die. And let's say 200 years from now, I die in some way and they find my remains. Yeah. Two, 300, there's no tombstone. I mean, again, I'm out there fishing somewhere and I die in some, I don't know, some swamp, swamp yeah. or, yeah, I get, I, that's a good one. I get sucked into a bog yeah. and I die and I just disappeared and y'all wondered what happened to me. And hundreds so of, dramatic. We can't just like just die. We no. have to like we die. Kind of, yeah. <laughs> so, uh, so what we do is, is you know, they come, they find me two hundred yeah. years from now. They dig up my remains. They don't know who I was, where I was. You know, they all they know is, is wow, we found this dude in this bog. What do we know? They would look at my remains, my skeletal remains, my biological remains, and they would know one of two things about me. This was either a male or a female. Mm -hmm. They they would not, unless I left a note that said, please use the following pronouns when you discover my remains. 
they would look at my genetic material and go, oh, this was a male of about this age mm -hmm. and he died this way. Yeah. See, that, guys, is absolute truth. Mm -hmm. That is scientifically provable truth. When they find remains of people now, they don't make suppositions about their gender. Mm -hmm. They look at what was behind mm -hmm. from a skeletal DNA observable, repeatable truth and say, oh, that was a male of about this age. He was this tall. And oh, look, it looks like he died this way. Mm -hmm. He's missing a head, right? So <laughs> something happened and he missed his head. But I still know he's a male. Yeah. And even on that, they don't look at it at my face or like people pick on using or hair because the hair would... They yeah. look at other very internal things and go, oh, that was a male, that was a female. And that mirrors the truth we see in Scripture. Mm -hmm. That there are only two genders across the board, no matter the species. It's male and female. That is it. I think so many times because we have become, like, like I said, such a sensitive like culture, it's really it's really easy to you know some truth hurts <laughs> i'm quoting lizzo <laughs> truth hurts baby and it sometimes you're just like well it's the truth and yeah. it, it it is what it is you know but um i think sometimes we try to like make it something that's not so that you know we don't hurt anybody's feelings yeah. or you know so there's all this the truth is the truth but I think so many times, which is the pit, the main pitfall, especially in the church, is that we know the truth and we're set in our in our ways, kind of, which is good. Um, it's good to know where you stand. It's good to know your boundaries. It's good to have a strong foundation. But at the same time, um, we also we also need to like respect others and love others where they're at. You know, we don't we don't agree with it. It's not something that we necessarily like condone or whatever. But at the same time, we also need to like the okay. The first I, I I have really short hair, and because of that, I attract a lot of gay people. Like I've been <laughs> hit on by a ton of lesbians. <laughs> I make friends with all the gay guys. Like I just. But one thing that I noticed, the reason why that I attract them, I'm not gay, like I'm a straight person, I act very straight, I just have short hair. But the reason why they feel comfortable coming to me and comfortable talking with me and like chilling with me yeah. and hanging out is because I respect them and their decisions where they're at right now. And the first thing I say right off the bat is not, Oh, you're gay. You're going to hell. Like that, and I feel yeah. like so many times, a good point. kids because their parents are like, oh, I don't know, like that's bad. That's wrong. That's wrong. That's wrong. Then the kids are like, Oh, okay, that's bad. That's wrong. That's wrong. That's wrong. <laughs> and then when they meet a gay person, they're like, My mama says, or they just flat out just like totally crush them. Like that's not that's not what you need to do, you know. So if you ever meet somebody that has made that choice or whatever don't immediately try to fix them. It's like you coming up to somebody and like saying, hi, my name is so-and-so. And the person like points something out that's wrong with you. Like, oh, you're such a slob. You like, you didn't shower today and your shoelace is untied and there's a stain on your shirt. And they just like point all of your problems, quote unquote, 
out from the yeah. very beginning. Nobody's going to want to talk to you. Everybody's going to think that you're a mean, nasty person. <laughs> and that's not what we're here for. We're here to love others. Jesus loved everybody, no matter their background, no matter they, their yeah. choices, where they're at. He just loved them from where they are. Now, did he agree? Oh, being a prostitute is a good career. I, I applaud you for that. No, <laughs> no, but he was best friends with an ex-prostitute. And yeah. one of his friends was a tax collector who gypped people all the time. And so he helped them. But the way he opened up a place or a good atmosphere to talk about, hey, I love you. I'm the savior of the world and I love you, is that he accepted them where they were at. Now, did he agree with them? Absolutely not. Did he applaud them for the decisions? No. But the first thing he said when he met the woman at the well was not, oh, you've just, you're, you know, like, yeah. kind of you're, promiscuous. You're, a floozy. you're yeah. a floozy, and I shouldn't even be talking to you because, like, I'm the savior of the world, and I'm just that great, and, like, no. So I think that's really where the rub happens yeah. is that with kids... There, it's very black and white. Like when dad would explain stuff to me when I was little, I, I, there was no gray area. Like there was no nothing. So if dad said or mom said stupid was a bad word, if I heard anybody saying stupid, <laughs> I would get on to them. Like immediately, like bam, that's a bad word. You shouldn't say that, all this stuff, you know. But then I learned as I got older, okay. I shouldn't probably say that until mom and dad let me or, you know, until it's appropriate. It's not like an either or thing. Now there is like, like I said, yeah. there is truth. There is absolute, yeah. all this stuff. But again, I think one of the pitfalls Christians fall into is that they just go extreme hardcore all at the same time, all at yeah. once. Well, you know, we talk a lot, of, you know, that we expect many times as mm -hmm. Christ followers we expect righteous behavior from unrighteous people, right? Mm -hmm. And that is, we can't do that no. because they're not, they haven't been made right. Yeah. So folks that, that haven't been transformed by Jesus, mm -hmm. they, uh, they might try real hard, but it'll, it'll just be a try. Mm -hmm. It won't actually be a genuine transformation, mm -hmm. right? And like, like what you said is, is when we interact with people, they don't, you know, and because I know someone was saying here that it needs to go both ways, and I agree, we need to have conversations with people. We need to listen to them, they need to listen to us. Mm -hmm. Now, they probably won't listen to us. Folks that are in the dark, you know, Jesus said it real clear those mm -hmm. that live and dwell in darkness and do not come to the light, he said the reason why they don't come to the light is because they love the darkness. Mm -hmm. They don't want to come to the light, mm -hmm. they just don't. Yeah. We can't drag them, we can't force them, we can't make them nor do we have to stop shining. Yeah. And it's really, and I know for your generation mm -hmm. especially, you know, a little bit now with, with me, people go, oh, well, Brad's just old. And yeah. people somewhat can give my generation a bit of the old, mm -hmm. they come from that old line of people, you know. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I can get, you know, grace from people all because he's just old, mm -hmm. right? For your generation, the challenge in your generation is going to be mm -hmm. what you're talking about is, okay, I'm going to stick to truth. I'm going to, speak truth, declare mm -hmm. truth, but to a people who don't no longer believe in truth, who don't yeah. want truth, who actually think truth is the lie, right? And yeah. and it's going to be a challenge for you guys in the sense of 
you're going to stand firm and it's going to be your generation that has to stand up. Okay, well, I'm, I'm, like you said, well, the truth is not always pleasant. The truth may challenge us. It's still true. Yeah. Now, I still love you. Yeah. And I guess for all of us, that's still a degree of that. The truth is, hey, I love you because, you know, and here's, because even every homosexual, gender confused person on the planet is still an image bearer of God. Exactly. Right. And so I think we still that's that's such a, it's an annoying thing for me because they don't get treated like a person, especially a by us. And that is so sad to me because I'm like, okay, no matter if they identify as whatever, whatever. a purple dotted Exactly. They are dinosaur. still <laughs> a person. Yeah. They are and so that's also something that I have Whenever, like in the back of my head, whenever I come, like whenever I come up to a person that I know is having um, confusion with that, or if they ever come to me with mm-hmm. their problems, I've had several friends with gender issues. Um, actually, inside the church, they've grown up in church, and they're like, "Yo, I'm having a ton of trouble with this." What are some of the reasons? What are the things that you've seen from your generation that make the? Because again, I, again, just being transparent, mm-hmm. I mean, in my generation, there. Were, was not this confusion. I know some of it, I think, is the mindset of the culture. The idea today. is now popularized. Yes. So I, it's more, it's not taboo anymore. So you think um, it's just, is, is there a, it's a cool factor? Yeah. Is it a it's cool factor as, thing? It's an aspect of, you know, you're, you're a little extra, you're a little, you got a little bit more spice than most people do. And it, gotcha. it, uh, but also, it's because it's so popularized. Kids that 30 years ago wouldn't be considered gay are now being bullied into thinking that they are. So I've had several friends, and they're more feminine. They're dudes. They're more feminine, though. They like they like painting. They like sewing. They like art. They love to sing. Like So they're more, quote-unquote, feminine. They're not going to go rough it in the woods or something. Everybody is like, yo, are you gay? Like... You know, and even parents, they're flipping out. Like, oh my gosh, my kid might be gay. I can't believe... I'm like, okay. And that's another thing is like, everybody, it's such a taboo subject. It really shouldn't be. Gotcha. <laughs> it really should not be. Um, but I think also like with kids is that... Um, and this this might slap hard for like parents. But, you know, if they had an abusive dad verbally or physically or a dad with anger management issues or vice versa, a mom with anger management issues, um, they want to be everything their parent is not. Mm. So if you had... So it's the classic, they're uh-huh. rebelling. Against. No, it's not even they're rebelling. Okay. It's like, I do not want to be that for my kids. I do not want to be that for anyone. I don't want me... Mm. To like, especially if they're already prone to some of their parents' issues or whatever. Like, there was this one friend, and he was like, "Yeah, my dad, um, he's he's always had anger problems, and he's one of the chillest dudes ever. And he has, you know, always struggled with it. And it's because he grew up in this macho society. Like, mm. I am man, hear me roar, you know, like all this yeah. stuff. And so he." He's not rebelling against it, but he just genuinely doesn't want to make anybody else miserable. <laughs> so, yeah. so he's like really struggling with the, you know, like if I'm this way, I'm less prone to that, yeah. you know? And I think it's really confusing for a lot of kids, especially if they're also being forced in society, quote unquote, towards more of that. Or if um, now like the only people who, like for me, the only people that really hit on me are girls. 
So for a little bit, I was like, dang, what, like, what, what's my problem? You know, like mm. I felt like, well, guys, I guess just don't find me attractive, you know? Yeah. And so, and I've actually had several kids come up to me and be like, yo, the reason why I'm the way I am now is because the other gender just does not like me whatsoever. And it's just conjecture they've picked up on. And they're like, guys don't like me, girls don't like me, so I'm um, just, I would need, I still need love, you know? And a lot of times, love is not coming from the home. So yeah, they're wow. just, they're just really trying to find love anywhere. And so I think that's also another reason why it's heightened so much is because people honestly don't care where the, the love is yeah. coming from now. They just need it. So now, was, I know with some of that, and we're going to kind of start landing yeah. the plane here soon, we'll have to do a part two because mm -hmm. there's still a whole much more. But with this, has it been helpful to you in anything in the way we've done things in our home? Mm -hmm. Have you felt comfortable coming to us and talking about gender issues or even sexual orientation issues? Yeah. Has that been easy for you because of what we've done? It was actually hard because me and myself and I have had um, gender issues by myself. Like I was, I didn't really necessarily identify as anything. Um, that it was not a girl, like, I'm like, I know I'm a girl, and I, I like dudes, but, you know, I think also just with the culture and just with kids just constantly judging me for just being myself, I felt like, well, I know it's wrong, but is this something that I should be concerned about? Like, mm. is, like, I wouldn't have even made that up in my own head if, you know, other people hadn't, like, repeatedly kept just judging me for who I was. Do you think some of that, because, sorry, I don't know, yeah, yeah. but you know, do you think some of the confusion that happens to people is the pressure from all sides? Exactly. Like on one side, the pressure of mm -hmm. this is cool and this is in vogue, mm -hmm. but also the pressure of if maybe they're experiencing any non-stereotypical mm -hmm. whatever, they get pressure from the other side. Yeah. Well, you're not a stereotypical male or you're not a stereotypical female. Mm -hmm. Right, and so well, even like stereotypical this. people are hating being stereotypical because they were they so, were they were so, even being in. Hey, I'm a macho dude. Hey, I'm this really pretty put together cheerleader. Gotcha. I've seen those people completely go to the opposite side and be like, I'm a football player, but I wear stilettos, baby. You know, like or because they were forced into their stereotypical. Uh, okay, by gotcha. their parents so they didn't even want that so they're like trying to rebel <laughs> you gotcha. know so it's it's such a it's either a rebellion or i just don't want to be like my parents not from a rebellious place but from a yeah. i this is just insane but also like grandparents are the worst man i love you guys and i respect you because you're my elders but y'all just it it's hard like me and my friend i she has wacky hair i have wacky hair i look sometimes more masculine my friend looks feminine all the time and we get mistaken as a couple like all the time if we walk into a grocery store like we we were at a grocery store yesterday and we walked in and we got treated different wow we we got treated like people st stared at us and they kind of avoided us and so i think and it was all people like 40 and up you know like gotcha. the teenagers were kind of like ah this is uncomfortable but it is what it is, you know, but the, the grown-ups were just like, uh, you know. Gotcha. So I think that's one of the things is that teens and kids don't really know what's going on. And they're just kind of following the crowd and it's helped them express themselves. 
and find individuality um and then parents and grandparents are just freaking out and so i think we're we're being forced into it now because kids are forcing it like it's on vogue and oh i guess this is just what we're doing now and then parents are like ah and they're not really explaining anything yeah. like they're not so there's there's a lack of on one side you were saying so parents maybe aren't willing to have the conversations and mm-hmm. if you will calmly and yeah. express truth yeah right um Again, there's a lot of pressure inside of your generation from all perspectives yeah. to write either be atypical one way mm-hmm. or if you're not atypical one way, then there's all this other stuff. Mm-hmm. So, guys, I mean, they went to land the plane. This yeah. is a bit. I, this again, is a huge This is subject. a huge question. So I know yeah. we're not at all trying to solve the world in 28 minutes and 55 yeah. seconds, right? <laughs> and so. Uh, a, ask lots of questions. We'd love to hear them. We'd love to hear your thoughts. Hey, if you're a parent and you've mm-hmm. had good conversations with your kids, we're also not trying to say that all parents are idiots because that's not true no. either. And so uh, share share the things you use that have helped you communicate and talk this out with your kids. Um, the other side of this is for now to, for me to speak to parents is for us we really have to make sure we are having lots of conversations with you guys. And I remember, and we need to make sure we're wearing our poker face that day. Yeah. And, and not be shocked and not mm-hmm. freak out. Yeah. Right. One way or the other, whether you come and say something mm-hmm. or yeah. whether you tell us something about a friend that you run into or somebody at school. Yeah. And we can just go, whoa. We need to have calm, open conversations. But parents, we need to tell the truth we need to now make sure we especially again christ following parents that we are in love which again like you said jesus yeah. did which the lady uh, there was a lady at the well which again we watched that chosen thing and yeah. i loved i had never seen that before that i love the fact that the very first person jesus, jesus ever told well jesus presented himself as messiah for the first time when he when jesus quote unquote came out of the closet as messiah when he came out and presented himself as Messiah, yeah. the savior of the world, he presented himself to a person mm-hmm. of of bad reputation. Yeah. And she became the great one of the greatest evangelists of who he actually was and is to her city. And guess so that, this, it was because he treated her like a it, human being. That's very good. He he was <laughs> loving. Well, and Jesus did. You know, Jesus yeah. later did that with the lady who was called an adultery. You know, the mm-hmm. the the leaders capture this lady, bring him to Jesus, accuse her of something that was true. She was in adultery. She was caught in the yeah. act of having bad sexual relations with somebody. She had a deserving, based on her culture at the time, of something. Mm-hmm. Jesus treated her like a person. Right, he didn't jump on the bandwagon. He didn't start yelling and screaming and saying, "Why are you doing this?" He actually addressed the real issue in the room, which was the evil heart of the religious people of the day. And once he had dealt with the evil heart of the religious people who were using someone for their gain, yeah, he turns and addresses her heart and says, "Now, hey, listen. I start with I don't condemn you because he says, where are your accusers?'" She says, "I don't have any." And Jesus said, I don't condemn you either. Mm -hmm. So he always started with grace. There's no condemnation coming from me to you. Mm -hmm. Now, because of that, go and sin no more. Because this is not who you are. This adulterousness, this thing that has got you 
confused because yeah. again, gender confusion is is one thing. Uh, sexual orientation confusion is one thing. Uh, sexual relationships that are inappropriate is another version of the same confusion. We're we're trying to do something that we feel like is going to make us right or yeah. going to make us more us or and yeah. we're but we're acting outside of who God made us to be. So mm-hmm. again, to land the plane, parents speak the truth, talk to your kids about the truth without yeah. condemnation or freaking out. Yeah, and right. this is just to piggyback off sure. of that, and because I never actually finished answering that yeah, question sorry. was no worries. I just want to answer for the poor people because <laughs> yeah. I go all over the place. Um, you get that from your daddy. Yes, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, is it was hard for me to come to mom and dad um, when I was having not issues, but like what about? Uh, what about? Yeah. yeah, it was hard because. Most of the time, I talk to them about everything, um, but this was, like, a big deal for me because I knew that it was wrong. Like, I knew the absolute truth. I knew everything, mm. but I was still struggling with it, and I think so many times kids are afraid to talk to their parents because they know what they're already doing is wrong. You don't yeah. need to tell them that. Yeah. And I feel like so many times parents don't even address the actual issue. They're just like, you're wrong. Blah, 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 blah. And they're like, mom, I know I'm wrong. That's why I'm coming to you. Like, I need your help, you know? Yeah. And so I was really glad once I finally was like, yo, I get hit on like literally all the time by girls and everybody thinks I'm gay. And, um, am I, you know, like, I, like I was kind of like, that I'm was, like, that was your question yeah, back I'm then. like, yeah. am I legit this? And I didn't understand, like, I didn't know. And it was just something, you know? And so it was really just other people like constantly pressuring me yeah and i i was worried and i was scared and i was afraid of what my parents might think but they they answered it incredibly well like they didn't freak out and they weren't like oh my gosh our baby's coming out of the club like you know it wasn't like they didn't freak out about it well that's not who you are yeah they just answered me candidly but i never felt shamed i never felt like and i felt like they were open to talk about it and it wasn't just like a taboo subject so my my question really was, I was one of the kids that was constantly pressured. Yeah. And I was like, I'm not having problems with my identity. Like, I know I'm a girl, you know, and I like guys. So I'm yeah. not having problems with that. But I'm like, is there something about me that other people can, like, conjecture and make into this? Like, is is what they're saying correct? And I just didn't know it. And so that's one thing that was just... It was yeah. bugging me, so I was really grateful that they kept their poker face on. And well, well, yeah, and here's something we learned, and I know we're now over, so we we'll have to make yeah. sure we land, is, <laughs> is remember for, especially us dads, us fathers, we have, I call it, it's our true as fathers, it's our greatest superpower, is that our heavenly father is the source of our identity. Yeah. And so he constantly, he never changed, changes the script. He tells us who he knows us to be because of who he is. Even when we don't act like it or even when we don't feel like it, he still says, this is who you are mm-hmm. because this is who I made you to be. And he just stays on task. We have that same superpower as dad. So, right? Because I always yeah. tell you're my beautiful daughter. You're my girl. You're one of my girls. Right? Mm-hmm. God has blessed me with a wife, right? And four beautiful daughters. And you're my girls. 
And I, that's, I don't say anything different about you. Mm-hmm. And even if you came up to me and told me I'm a boy, I would say, well, we can talk about that, but that's not who you are. Yeah. Because I know who you are. This is who you are. Yeah. And just keep constantly. So that's one thing we can do mm-hmm. to help secure our children is for us as their fathers, as their parents, uh, or again, if maybe you know a kid and, and his dad, he or she's dad is not in their life, mm-hmm. uh, but you're maybe the uncle or you're the father figure or you're the 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 father person, you have that same superpower to declare what they are in their and they will tune in to, and you, can, mm-hmm. you tune in to my voice, don't you? I do. And my voice cuts through the pressure mm-hmm. of the world. My voice, as her dad, cuts through the doubt, even though it doesn't make me necessarily cause the pressure to go away or cause the doubting to stop. Yeah. But my voice, because I'm your dad, has an ability to pierce through the noise. And one of the most dangerous things we can do as parents is, oh, I don't want to upset you, little pumpkin boo-boo head. Mm -hmm. I don't want to have a hard conversation or ruffle your feathers or push you away from me. And so out of fear, I say nothing. Yeah. And therefore, when I do that, I'm not actually, now you're really lost. Because the one beacon of truth that was coming and saying, no, this is who you are. This is who you are. Right? That's why you hear me people say all the time when we talk about your hair. I rub your head, right? You talk about your yeah. hair when it was all pink and doing different stuff. And people would say, and they actually said, here, well, mm. well, well what about her hair? And I said, well, what about her hair? It's her hair. Yeah. It's not who she is. No. Right. This is just hair. It grows. It grows. And it yeah. can change colors, you know, but yeah. mine's changing colors. I just didn't put anything <laughs> on it. Right? Yeah. Know, it's, it's hair. Mm-hmm. Right, but I know you, and, and I, know I know who me. you are. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and and yeah. and I would say this: Would you agree? And you know you because I've told you for so long. Exactly. I've and told I, you your whole life. This uh-huh. is who you are. This is who you are. This is who you are. That right. and I know we're really trying to land the plane, but I keep having. I know I'm. <laughs> I'm so sorry, y'all. But one thing that you know you can explain to your children is that a lot of people who are not saved they don't have an identity and no one has called their identity out. Wow, that's good. And so they're just trying to find it. That's very good. Man. They're just trying to find it. They're, mm. Sometimes it's not even, I'm a rebel and become gay. No, they literally have no idea who they are. And no one's ever told them who good. they are unless it's negative. Like, you suck, you're ugly, you're never going to amount to anything. And so a lot of times the gay community is very accepting so if they're not finding that at home and somebody's over here like, hey, well, this is who you like, are. this is who you are. You can come be with mm. a bunch of people who actually love you and who will never, ever, ever make you feel bad about who you are. Just come and join us. Yeah. And so I feel like that's that's a lot of times, you know, and what dad said about sinners. They they don't know. They, they, don't ju- know. they just they don't know. And they're just trying to grasp for something in the dark. Yeah. And so. Just, yeah. you know. This, well, it's neat for us as parents, yeah. again, for us, we are the voice of identity. Mm-hmm. And as Christ followers, many times, you are also the voice of identity for others. So mm-hmm. it's one reason why I say to all of us who know Jesus and have been transformed by him, so important that we tell people who they are mm-hmm. because of who he is. Yeah. Right? We, we must tell people clearly and boldly, lovingly, respectfully, Tell them who they are. No, that's not you. You know that's not you, right? 
You know that's not who God made you to be. God made you to be this. And even if they scream and yell and cuss and have a fit and kick the cat, okay, you can do all of that. But it still doesn't change this is who you are. Because the absolute truth of who you are is our, it's in your bones. Mm-hmm. It's in your DNA. Mm-hmm. Right? So anyway, yeah. we'll okay. there. Okay. we'd love, yeah. to, love to have more conversations. We know this is a big topic. Uh, please send us comments here. You can, again, email it to us. You can find me on Facebook. You can find us online. I'd love to hear. Uh, you're not going to run us off. Hopefully we didn't run you off. And uh, <laughs> But we'll see you next time in the Pastor in Your Pocket.